are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? words and we're back uh, with another episode of the anarchist experience episode 393 aka year 8 week 21 uh, coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc and since this is your regularly scheduled saturday recording uh we're doing it on clubhouse still so find the club there the anarchist experience or at me, at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H. And I will click the little button uh, to invite you in when I start the club and open it up for people to come in. Uh, that being said, anything going on with you this week, MC? Um, no, not much, but I heard uh, Tulsi Gabbard quit the Democrat Party. Yes, I have an article, and usually with big news like this, uh, I would skip the article because we can just discuss it. So if you want to discuss it, we can, but I, I still want to get into the headline because the, the article that I pulled is from Lou Rockwell, uh, and it's, it's, it's the listing of all the grievances. And so I thought, you know, that would be fun. Um, the un- I, I guess the unfortunate news, right, is like she left the Democrat Party and then immediately started stumping for a Republican, apparently, and I don't remember that dude's name. Uh, but i just you know during the last election cycle at least here uh tulsi gabbard was all the libertarians favorite candidate um because they turned into you know one issue voters and she was the only anti-war candidate right Mm. during the last cycle so she got a lot of credence a lot of support uh from libertarians hoping that she would at least be the democratic nominee and and we got Joe Biden, so woo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I first read the news, I was like, oh, maybe you know, maybe there's an olive branch. Someone is lending out to reel her in into more freedom oriented, libertarian oriented, liberty positions. Um, turns out not the case. You know, just just switching sides, right? For whatever reason, just you know. Don't want to don't want to be like full on freedom and liberty. Just wants to get out of the Democrats, and so I was a little disappointed in that. Um, well, sure, but uh, I I always viewed her as uh, somewhat well. Basically, she she's a politician and she's in it in it to win, and it uh, you know she does have her. You know issues that she cares about. You know anti-war being one of them, and if she can't do it in the Democrat Party, then she'll do it in the Republican Party, I guess. Okay. And uh, if you're in it to win, and you're coming out of Hawaii, right? The the last thing you want to do is put an R next to your name in the current environment. In my opinion, it's been four years since I've been there, so maybe things are changing. You can tell me if I'm wrong. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's a solid, solid blue state, right? They, you, you get the occasional that's, local Republican here or there. That's what they want us to think. I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> okay. I think the whole system's rigged, but whatever. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if she's Senate, right? So I don't know if she's a, if she's able to run again at all anyway. But you're saying that if she, she leaves the Democrat Party, slaps an R on her name, you, you're saying that she as the candidate still has a chance of winning a re-election of some kind? Or? Well, no, because it's rigged. But Okay. All right. <laughs> even more so then, right? If you want to win, you got to, you got to, you got to play the game, and it seems like she's out. So, yeah, we'll see. Let me read this article then, because it's a list of all the grievances. Um, it is a long article, so you know. Again, typically, I would read through it, and then we would discuss it. Feel free to play the interruption game on this one uh, as we hit as we go through the grievances, and we can stop and discuss anywhere along the way. Fair. Mm-hmm. All right, Tulsi Gabbard. Why I'm leaving the Democrat Party. Uh, as published by LouRockwell.com. So take it with a grain of salt, but whatever. Uh, I love our country. Our God-given rights of freedom, life, and liberty enshrined in our Constitution and Bill of Rights are my inspiration. I answered the call to duty and took an oath, dedicating my life to supporting and defending those freedoms both in uniform and in public office. Growing up in Hawaii gave me special appreciation of our home, water, and precious natural resources. So when I was 21 years old, I decided to run for Hawaii State House so that I could be in a position to protect our environment. I wasn't politically affiliated before that, but as I was about to file my election papers, I had to choose which party to affiliate with. As I did my research, I was inspired by Democrats who stood up against the war in Vietnam and those who fought for Hawaii's plantation workers who were being abused and exploited by wealthy landowners. I was inspired by leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy and drawn to the ideals of a big tent Democratic Party that stood up for working men and women, the little guy. In contrast, the Republican Party seemed like one that stood for the interests of big business and warmongering elites. So I became a Democrat and remained one remained one, excuse me, for over 20 years. An independent Democrat, to be sure, but a Democrat nonetheless. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. That is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution and are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, believe in open borders, weaponize the national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, are dragging us even closer to nuclear war. Here, are some of the main reasons I'm leaving the Democratic Party in brief. I'll be tackling each of these in more depth in the coming weeks, which we may or may not cover here. Depends on how interesting it sounds. The pro-war Democratic Party has led us to the brink of nuclear war. The party is led by warmongers who are firmly in the grips of the military-industrial complex and don't know or care about the cost of war or who pays the price. President Biden and Democrat 
Democratic Party elite have pushed us to the precipice of nuclear war, risking starting World War III and destroying the world as we know it. This is the most urgent existential threat we face. I ran for president in 2020 because I knew that this is where we were headed. All the signs were there. I raised this issue every day during the campaign and on the national debate stage. But politicians and the media ignored it. They didn't care then, and they don't care now. Obviously, I didn't win that election and don't have the power to do what is necessary to prevent it. President Biden and Congress do, but they irresponsibly refuse to use that power to protect the safety of our country, the American people, and the world from devastation of a nuclear holocaust. To protect our loved ones, our children, our world, I'm calling for the American people to join me in standing up to these cowardly politicians now. This may be our last chance to do so. Today's Democratic Party rejects the rule of law. The people's trust in the rule of law is the foundation of democracy. By weaponizing the security state and federal law enforcement for their own uh, partisan political ambitions, Democrat leaders are undermining the rule of law and turning our democracy into a banana republic. Across the country, Democrat politicians call for defunding the police, enacting laws that favor criminals' rights over those of everyday Americans, and so-called progressive DAs let violent criminals out of jail, refusing to charge them when many have been arrested 30, 40, or even 50 times. It should come as no surprise that crime and murder rates are rapidly increasing, people don't feel safe walking down the street in their own neighborhoods, and firearm purchases for self-defense have drastically increased. Under the Obama administration, the IRS was used to target conservative groups. Biden's Department of Justice recently indicted 11 pro-life activists for organizing an event blockading an abortion clinic. They didn't use physical force, they weren't dangerous, but seven, seven of them are facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000. The Biden GOJ and Department of Homeland Security have focused their newly formed domestic terror unit to target parents who are vocally standing in opposition to uh, radical curriculums and explicit sexual content being taught to young children in our public schools, labeling, labeling parents as terrorists for showing up at a school board meetings and demanding change. Biden's, uh, President Biden campaigned on unity and on healing the partisan divide. But he's now saying supporters of President Trump are the most extremist group in our country and a threat to our democracy. Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris claim the Supreme Court is illegitimate simply because they disagree with its rulings. The Biden administration stood by and did nothing as activists protested outside the homes of Supreme Court justices during all hours of the day and night in clear violation of federal law. When the party in power does not believe in the rule of law, yet they are responsible for writing and enforcing laws, our democracy is doomed. <laughs> yeah, who likes democracy anyway? Okay, so we can stop there if you want to discuss democracy, because I'm not for it. <laughs> oh, right? that goes on? <laughs> I told you, this is long. This, you know, oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, that's why I said, interrupt me whenever you want, because it's a, it's a long article, and she's got a lot of grievances. So if you want to... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot to... I mean, she, she... Unpack it as we go, my friend. Uh, well, the... 
she she starts off with the, the you know the most important thing like um yeah yeah the 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 fate of the world is is at stake uh Biden admits it and won't do anything about it <laughs> you know like this is a problem <laughs> well okay so we talked a lot about this over the last couple of weeks right um mm-hmm. Biden won't do anything about it is is different than he is actively uh, pushing for it, right? Like not he, doing well, anything he, about he, it would be staying out of Russian affairs no, and he, Ukraine affairs. He's pushing for it by uh, encouraging Ukraine not to talk to Russia. Right. They were they were pretty close to having a deal, and the UK and the United States said. No, no. Here's more billions of dollars, and here's here's more weapons. Don't don't talk to Russia, and then they didn't. Right. That's what I'm saying. There, there's active opposition as opposed to like what we would consider non-intervention. Right. Libertarians, anarchists, the Ron Paul people. Non-intervention is different than isolation. We don't want to get into entangling alliances with other countries. That's the whole thing. That was the point uh, in 2008. That was repeated in 2012. It kind of fell off and in so 2016 because Ron if we Paul look wasn't at, there enough. If we look at what uh, Julian Assange said uh, and apply what he said about Afghanistan to the Ukraine, it's kind of similar. Like the go- the government doesn't want peace in Ukraine. They want this to just keep going on forever. Now their strategy might be, oh, we're doing this to weaken Russia. But who really cares? <laughs> like it's, they you know Russia still has nukes, and if you weaken them enough, and they feel like, oh well, this is it, you know, it, why would you want to do that? Like the, because <laughs> there can be only one superpower in the world. So I don't, once we're I don't done think that's Russia. The, I don't think this is the way you solve it, though. It's like you, you, you know, Russia is not going to. Uh, uh, lose quietly it's not they're not they're not just gonna i don't know it's not in their dna well i mean they they gave up before you know when it was the ussr right sure uh but from there that it was russia but before uh before they gave up uh you know from their perspective they they didn't think they were um losing they they were just stopping whatever track they were on okay so you know people in in the in the west think oh we won we won the cold war and and people in russia don't see it that way yeah (laughs) they just stopped escalating (laughs) it's it's interesting because on this past monday uh, i started a new job and i think it's going well enough so far um and I don't really discuss, you know, the types of stuff we discuss on here at work. Uh, but my boss kind of brought it up. And I don't even remember, like, what we were talking about that made him bring it up. But he was all of a sudden, it might have been, it might have been, you know, like, customers lying to you. He's like, everyone's lying. You know, you can't, the customer says something over the phone and you can't believe them because they're liars. They have motivation to lie. Mm-hmm. And I think he tried to tie that in. To you know, Russia and those those liars over there, and they're lying to their people. I was like, oh god damn it, god damn it! 
I don't think my, you know, my, my job's not on the line. And if it were over this, then fine. But I, I think we're good to go. But I was like, you know, they're not the only ones, right? <laughs> I can full, I fully accept, you know, that the, that the Russian media is lying to the Russian people, you know, but the Western media is lying to the Western people. Yeah. You know, it, it's propaganda on both sides and you have to, you know, vet out yeah. what you believe like to be the truth. Everybody in the world knows uh, that, that uh, Biden bombed the, the pipeline. Yeah. And yet, the, yet the mainstream media in the U.S., oh, no, that's not allowed to be talked about. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think why this this came up on Free Talk Live, uh, the Sunday show after we did our podcast last week. And the, the example that I brought there was like, you know, I'm not a big fan of the police, right? But if I were doing, like, good detective work as a police officer, right, a, a detective with an investigatory agency, if you will, and I had, you know, a pipeline has just been blown up, and I had a guy, you know, a few weeks or however long ago saying, like, we'll take care of that, right? <laughs> Guess who suspect number one is, you know? <laughs> Guess who I'm going to be looking at more closely than all the others? Guess who I'm going to be scrutinizing before I even look to see who else had motive, right? I'm going to go to the guy who said, yeah, don't worry, I'll take care of that. And only after an exhaustive investigation of that guy, right? When I go like, well, okay, all the evidence now points to that he didn't actually do it. He was just blowing smoke up our asses. Then maybe I look for suspect number two, right? But yeah. you got the guy. You got the guy saying, like, we'll take care of that. Then you've got other countries going, thank you for taking care of that. And then you got the Western media going, like, we fucking have no idea how that happened. <laughs> Come on. We're, let's, let's not, you know, let's not and play around there. But it's so stupid because the... You know, the only people that that believe the mainstream media are the people that want to be lied to, yeah. and so the, the same thing happened with the the coronavirus. It was like, okay, so people at the Wuhan coronavirus lab get sick and start spreading it around China, and then they say, no, this couldn't possibly have come from a lab. You know, it's like, who are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, it must have been the bats. It must have been the yeah. bats from the restaurant near the lab. Yeah, yeah near the lab. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just happened to infect the doctor that you know worked at the lab. <laughs> yeah. Well, he goes there for lunch, obviously. Yeah, uh, obviously. Otherwise, he's bats. he couldn't have been affected. <laughs> You know, he he just takes the bats, you know, out of the lab and eats them for lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they do in China for lunch break. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Um, and I, you know, I ho hopefully dissuaded the boss a little bit. Like we, you know, the, the conclusion, the agreement that we came to was the old quote where, you know, in war, the first thing that's lost is the truth. Right. And I go, all right. <laughs> We, yeah. we can stop there because, you know, I can get behind that if you can get behind that. And then we need well, not carry this conversation much further. As, as long as he understands, like, uh, it's, it's all lies, like, all the time, and especially from our government. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the – I don't think if he didn't before the conversation, right, then either 
either he was persuaded enough by the conversation or, as you said, he will remain one of those who likes to be lied to, in which case, lost cause, right? Like, you know, the, the hardest person to wake up is the person pretending to be asleep, right? Mm. So I, I, will, I will spend not much more time on this, nor do I have any desire to be the one <laughs> to bring it up. Uh, but should it arise, right, I am, I am capable of handling it uh, as best that I can. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was, it's difficult because of, you know, the power dynamics, new job, and yet I can't, I don't have it in me to be a yes man for stuff yeah. like that at all either. Well, ho- hopefully somebody, and I don't think Tulsi Gabbard is going to turn anything around, but uh, Elon Musk made a poll. He said, you know, this this is the deal. Um, like, if, if, if this was the deal, would you, would you go along with it? And he said... Uh, that they're going to have uh, uh, some voting done in Ukraine in in the in the separatist uh, region where Russia was worried about you know the 15% that Russia wants and if 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 they decide that they want to vote to go to Russia then they go to Russia and if they if they vote to stay out of Russia then uh, Russia just leaves peacefully yeah and and then uh, Crimea uh, is is you know stays part of Russia. Um, and uh, there was a couple. There's like four things on it, but they, you know, the, the biggest part was the voting. You know, the voting for the area uh, for the for the Russians in Ukraine to yeah. go to Russia or not. That was it. And sixty uh, percent, I think it was, uh, said no to that deal. Okay. And the and the so the alternative to that is well, you know, escalate in you know, towards World War III. Um, and then, you know, 40% said, said, yeah, that's that's a fair deal, you know. We'll just have a vote, and then they can go where they want, you know. Well, and, I, and again, I, I thought that was shrewd on Russia's part before the actual invasion, right, was to declare some of these fringe areas sovereign, right, recognize them as their own country and no longer part of Ukraine, and all of a sudden, it's justified. Right? Like the, the, the invasion now has cause to protect these break-off countries and helping them to declare and keep their independence from Ukraine. Sure. Went, oh, that was ballsy. You know, I, don't, um, I don't have to like it or support it to, you know, to recognize it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, there's forty. You know, hopefully that number grows. That that is willing to accept. But so the sixty percent that wants to push uh, for an all-out victory, I don't. I don't think they understand what's at stake. Like I really don't. It's like that. It's like they're they've got their blinders on. You know, kind of just the same thing with COVID. Except it's not just the left now. Um, a lot of people on the right are also. You know, totally. Uh, well, of course they're against what Russia is doing. Fine, yeah. it's 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 really bad. Um, but they're not they're not looking at consequences. You know, yeah. Like there's there's no winning this. There's no winning, and that's what I don't think they understand. Like you, you can't you can't uh, uh, make you know drag this on forever. That's not winning. You can't uh, you know make Russia stop because they can already shoot missiles over there and nobody can stop them. Right. So unless you're talking about 
escalating into, you know, Armageddon, if that's what you want, that's still not winning. Yeah. There's no winning this. I don't understand. Like, why don't they understand that? Like, you can either negotiate, or you can keep doing this forever, or you can have Armageddon. Like, those are your options. Yeah. Like, none of them are none of them are good. But with negotiation, at least you have a possibility of peace. Like, that's yeah, that's the only option you have. I I, I hear you. I generally agree with you, um, and yet I am one of those with my blinders on. Right? I can't. I can't fathom this ending nuclear, right? Like, from that's you know, that okay. So, so I, the I believe that, that it's possible, fine. but I don't think about it. Okay, that's fine. And so, but if but still, if you take uh, the the other you know scenario, uh, Ukraine com- gets completely demolished, uh, uninhabitable because it's just going to be you know pummeled with. Uh, you know, uh, rockets and whatever else, uh, you know, forever. Because, uh, you know, that's what the military-industrial complex wants, is a whole bunch of, you know, anti-missile technology going into Russia, or into Ukraine, and that's what's happening. But the point is, nobody can stop Russia from doing that. It's just... I mean, so Ukraine starts to look like the Middle East, Right. Basically, yeah. I mean, shelling. You know, can't rebuild because yeah. the shelling never stops. Yeah. And why would and you know if it's if it's not nuclear, right? Why does the Western media never cared uh, about the Middle East enough to say like, hey, maybe this is not a good idea, right? So why would the Russian media care if that's you know if the same thing's happening in Ukraine, and it's just it turns into like their Middle East conflict. You oh, can't sure. fight yeah. back, and how much funding? How much more funding can the U.S. legitimately give? You know, infinite. Well, yeah, until until we collapse, yeah, but um, then Russia wins. No, I, I, I don't. Like I said, I don't see a win scenario for either side. Um, I think it's just nonsense after more nonsense, and. Uh, you know, there's a few people that are going to make money off of it. That's you know, people in the military-industrial complex and yeah. you know, both sides. Weapons manufacturers. And that's pretty much it. Politicians, like laundering that shit through Ukraine. All right, let's continue on with this long-ass article. Okay. <laughs> Today's Democratic Party does not believe in our constitutionally protected right to free speech. Fostering diversity of thought and freedom of expression is the foundation of any flourishing democracy. Democratic Party leaders don't agree. They are led by fanatical ideologues who pose a threat to our democracy because they don't believe in freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of religion. They try to censor speech they don't like, labeling it as misinformation, hate speech, or violent speech. They work hand-in-glove with the corporate, for-profit media and big tech to smear and silence political opponents and those who dare to challenge their authority, exposing their insecurities. The Biden administration even tried launching their own Ministry of Truth to control what information we are allowed to read, hear, and say. Their ideology is one of hate and divisiveness rather than respect and love. Aloha and is diametrically 
diametrically opposed to traditional liberalism, which recognizes the basic goodness of people and the autonomy of the individual, supporting civil liberties and a government of, by, and for the people. How can a political party that is opposed to freedom be trusted with our democracy? They can't be. So interesting, again, that she throws out, you know, traditional liberalism, right? And libertarians, Jeffrey Tucker especially, wants to uh, reassume that label, liberal, classical liberal. Wow, I'm not, I'm not a democratic liberal. I'm a classical liberal in the classical liberal sense of the word, you know. So if she's, if she's trying to position herself as, you know, a traditional liberal, I'm going to put those one in the same uh, with traditional liberalism, right? Maybe, maybe she belongs, you know, in the Libertarian Party, or at least can be swayed that her words, at least her rhetoric in this article, uh, seem to lean towards that direction, as opposed to you know the 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 conservatives on the right, right? It doesn't it doesn't sound this doesn't sound like the writings of a Republican, if that makes sense. So we'll see. Today's, <laughs> go ahead. If you got something. Yeah, she, she, no, she definitely has a, a libertarian uh, angle to to most of her uh, talking things. But um, I mean, you know, if he started the, if if he started as anti-war and you know pro-freedom as speech, like th- those are both libertarian values should be anyway. Um, They're definitely not Republican values. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so, yeah, they 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 should be values that you know any, any party in the U.S. has should be, like, but clearly e- not. There was like one. E- even if the left wants to, you know, uh, inc- you know, like I think something that Tulsi was. For previously, I don't know if she still is, is like universal health care. Yeah, you know, and I think I think government is big enough to give universal health care is also big enough to shut down speech and get you into World War Three. Yep. So, <laughs> it's like, no, you can't have it. Sorry, um, if you want universal health care, uh, you jo- join a group, th- you know, that you pay into, and and. Everybody in that group has, you know, healthcare. That's called insurance. Right. <laughs> so, so here's here's where my naivety comes out, right? Um, at in certain cases, right? In some cases, people are just stupid. Um, I like I want to believe that people like her um, want universal healthcare. Not because they necessarily believe in universal health care, but they, they, they acknowledge that there's something wrong with the current system. And if they, were, sure. if they were to take a look at it, right, from the lens of the libertarian, right, like if, if, she, were, if she were to get into, into the libertarian party some way, somehow, right, and start having actual conversations with libertarians about those issues... I want to believe that she could be swayed in that direction, um, because for the most part, I don't. I don't necessarily believe that people who want 
universal health care are necessarily bad people, right? Like, what's, you know, they, they're, they care mm-hmm. about people and they want people to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. They just go about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so with some guidance, you know, maybe that changes. And if I'm wrong, fine, fucker. Just as bad as everybody else, you know. And I'll, I'll be, I'll be yeah. happy to tear her down then as well. Um, Ron Paul used to look at at that debate and and uh, explain. Well, if you want universal health care, um, stop paying so much for the military, right? Because he, you know, Ron Paul's, you know, kind of, the, and that's where I think a lot of Tulsi Gabbard's. Uh, talking points come from is is a lot of Ron Paul's talking, which would be and, amazing. Uh, yeah, but she's just coming. At, you know, she just comes at it from a leftist kind of angle, right? Um, and so, you know, Ron Paul says, "Well, if you can do that, if you can stop the military industrial complex, then you can pay for all this other stuff." Um, unfortunately, you, you you actually can't do that. <laughs> so, and so the leftist position is usually well. Well, we'll just have both. <laughs> you know? we'll, right, right. We'll just steal money from you infinitely, and for the military-industrial complex, and then steal yeah. money from you infinitely to you know pay for everybody's universal healthcare. So yeah, and again, and and generally, my perspective is like I don't, I don't necessarily see the goals of the left as bad, right? They what what they want doesn't seem all that unreasonable. And in a lot of times, what they want is similar to that of the people on the right, or the conservatives, or the libertarians. We all like, we all want the same thing. Uh, I d- personally draw the line on mechanism and how we get there. <laughs> yeah. Right? If, if, if well, if we want everyone to be taken care of, right, and be given the best health care uh, possible, right, then we don't make it universal. Uh, you just you let the free market handle it, and that gets you know that gets the government out of healthcare, that gets the government out of health insurance, which people conflate, and we don't have to get into that here. Um, you know, health insurance is not healthcare, and when you get the government out and you let the, you know the market work as a market should, where you can actually see the prices and there's no government mandates, uh, then I believe, like my personal belief, is that you will see more people getting affordable health care um, without necessarily having to go through the government or through the insurance companies, right? Like, I'm, you know, free market Jesus, the market provides, and that's, you know, that's the difference, right? Like, I want the same thing, right? Everyone taken care of, everyone who wants access to health care can get it. Uh, I just, it's the mechanism, it's the how we get there that is always divisive, and that's because fundamentally, right, the anarchists, the libertarian, the people who believe in the non-aggression principle go like, well, it's better to not get there than to force people against your will, against their will, to help you get there, right? So we wouldn't do that. Um, but would we like to get there? Sure. And if we can do it through voluntary means and voluntary interactions, great. Um, but if voluntary means and voluntary interaction doesn't get there, well, then getting there ought not happen. And that would be the difference. Mm-hmm. Today's Democratic Party does not believe in our constitutionally protected rights to bear arms, or right to bear arms. Our founders passed the Second Amendment out of a recognition 
that every one of us has a right to defend ourselves and our loved ones and to serve as a check on tyrannical government seeking to take away our God-given freedoms. The Democratic Party's hatred of the Second Amendment and their increasing authoritarian instincts pose a serious threat to our freedoms. Quote, Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s, your AKs, AK-47s, unquote, Beto O'Rourke said at a debate when he was running for president. Our founders intentionally passed the Second Amendment right after the First Amendment. The majority ruling from the Supreme Court ruling uh, striking down New York's law that barred people from concealed carry firearms summarized very clearly why Democrats are wrong to try to take away our rights. Quote, just as we do not need to seek a permit to stand on the street corner and exercise, exercise our right to free speech, we shouldn't have to seek permission for a law-abiding citizen to carry their firearm. We, as a society, don't get to pick and choose which of our rights in the Constitution are more worthy of protecting than others. Unquote protecting our freedom to defend ourselves and those we love and protecting our rights and freedoms enshrined in the constitution against a tyrannical power is exactly why we must ensure our right to bear arms shall not be infringed today's democratic party is big brother undermining our civil liberties the fourth amendment of the constitution ensures the right of American people to be secure in their purses, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Democratic elite party leaders have had many opportunities to get rid of unconstitutional provisions of the Patriot Act that violate our civil liberties. I introduced legislation while in Congress that would repeal the Patriot Act and address the dangerous FISA Act being used to undermine our civil liberties, especially those protected by our Fourth Amendment. Every time they choose the security state over our liberty, whether it's using the IRS to snoop into our bank accounts for sending someone over $600 via Venmo, supporting the corrupt system of civil forfeiture to seize property from law-abiding Americans who have not even been charged with a crime, or getting credit card companies to keep track of any and all firearms and ammunition-related purchases, today's Democratic Party stands with giving Big Brother more power and control over our lives. Today's Democratic Party racializes everything and blatantly foments anti-white racism. The Democratic machine has betrayed Dr. Martin Luther King's dream of a nation when we are judged based on the content of our character rather than the color of our skin. In their blind pursuit of power, Democrat leaders reduce each of us as God's children to the color of our skin using identity politics to tear us apart for their own political gain. Democrats were silent in the face of Chicago's Mayor Lightfoot's blatantly racist policy of only accepting interviews with reporters of color because she was struck with the overwhelming whiteness and maleness. 
Modern day segregation in schools is promoted by racial profiteers like Robin DiAngelo and the corrupt self-identified cultural Marxists who lead Black Lives Matter. Today's Democratic Party embraces and celebrates their racist agenda. They support programs that teach children that they are either the privileged or the victim, oppressors or the oppressed solely because of the color of their skin. They've become the racists they claim to hate. The Democratic Party is anti-woman. There's no greater expression of hatred and hostility towards women than to erase the existence of women as a category of people. The Democratic Party has long claimed to be champions of women, proud of Title IX and leveling the playing field for women and girls, but now the Biden administration and Democratic Party are spitting in the face of these achievements by rejecting the objective truth that women exist and are not just a construct in a person's mind. They can no longer define what a woman is, demand we replace words like mother with birthing person, and place women at risk to please biological men who claim to be women at any given moment. They are taking away the opportunities and futures of women in sports by allowing transgender athletes who until recently identified as men and who have the biological advantages of men to compete against women. The Biden administration is quietly trying to change Title IX through backdoor rule change that would remove women and biological sex from the Title IX statute, taking away opportunities for millions of female athletes across the country. They now go so far as to claim it is sexual harassment to address someone by the wrong pronouns, trying to force us to comply with this insanity by regulating our speech and thought. By denying that there are biological difference between men and women, they are erasing women and, the, and denying the existence of objective truth. If one denies the existence of truth, there are no boundaries in our society and the truth becomes whatever those in power want it to be. Sounds like Jordan Peterson. <laughs> right? He got all that hate for the pronouns. Right? Made him an international celebrity. He was a Canadian college professor, now an international celebrity, because they tried to force him to use pronouns that he did not want to use. But everything she said, right? If I had if I had said this was an article written by Jordan Peterson, even a two-year-old, three-year-old article at this point, right? All of these points would be valid. <laughs> yeah. And here she is, finally recognizing, acknowledging, coming to the understanding, you know, where, you know, I, I, I guess I'm glad she's making the change, recognizing what's going on. Uh, but I wonder, I, I wonder how Tulsi of a few years ago would have responded to her own words today. Right? Um... Yeah, 
I don't know. I see. I don't see her as actually changing that much. So it's like it doesn't take very much common sense to understand that uh, the the left has gone too far when they when they can't define what a woman is. You know. Did you watch so, that film by any chance? I I have only seen clips. I didn't okay. watch the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. It's. It you know it is what it is. I'm not going to recommend or de-recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was fascinating, right? The, such a simple question could not be answered for an entire documentary until the very end by anyone on the left, right? Sure. Asking sure. the question was was uh, was responded to with disdain. Right? But How it, but dare isn't it, you? Isn't it, isn't it funny, though, that all, all these people in, in this groupthink bubble, it's not like they got orders, you know, f- you know, in a rule book or something. But where the it's hell they, did it come from, then? That's what I'm saying. Everyone it's just had the they, same revelation they, at the same time? They all gravitate towards this this weird idea and... And they see people around them. If if they if they talk about something, then they, then they get smacked down, and so they just go, "Oh, this is this is the rules now," and and they they're just constantly updating in their mind what's okay to say and what's not, and 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 they're okay with it. It's like they're okay with regulate regulating themselves because of their their group that and and. And they think that's okay, you know. It's like I and I, and I think that's the problem with the left. It's like um, there are times when in, you know things get so absurd that these things have to stop. And you know, I don't I don't know why it has to, you know, I don't know why they have to wait till Bar- Bill Mayer comes out and says this is ridiculous, or or Tulsi Gabbard, why they have to wait that long. But anyway, authority figures within the party elite. I, I guess, um, and it, and and it is an authority issue, um, and that's that's why Jordan Pearson points out, you know, the, the the universities are where a lot of this nonsense comes from, and what do the universities have? Well, they have the the elite uh, professors that that you know telling them what is right and wrong, and, and yeah. you know these people they they don't have it into in them to think for themselves, and so. That just becomes, uh, you know, the the zeitgeist. So at least I don't know about where where Bill Maher stands uh, currently, but at least with with Tulsi, she comes out with this list of grievances, right? Like oh yeah, no, no, Bill Maher has been coming out saying, you know, that the left is you know really ridiculous about all these different issues, um, right? But is just, he is he still considered a leftist then? Like, is he still welcome in those circles? Because Tulsi's um, out, right? Like, I'm leaving the Democrat Party, stumping for a Republican. Like, she has had a change of mind. She, you know, has following her heart all of a sudden. I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know why they can't cancel him, or maybe they already have. I Actually, I think, you know, it's just Bill Mayer's just not that popular amongst the leftists anymore. Okay. And... Probably some of the only people that watch him are probably people on the right. They're just, okay. you know, watching, you know, whatever's popular on TV. He's also um, a comedian for those, you know, for for those that sure. need to know. 
right? He was but, a, a comedian but the, commentator. But the one the one thing that keeps him, you know, uh, leftist in the leftist eyes is that he's, you know, completely anti-Trump. Okay. Um, and and he's he he, Bill Maher sees Trump as a, a, a giant kid, and can't understand why anybody would elect him. I mean, and, he, he's not wrong. Well, sure. But but. Uh, but Trump is one of the one of the few people right now saying that you know he doesn't want World War Three, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so who's the kid? Let's like. Uh, anyway, I I think a lot of people, um, you know, they they see what they want to see, and okay. um, you know, they let they let like personality issues get in the way of their their judgment. I guess my my point that, that I was working towards is. With Tulsi saying all this and Bill Maher doing what he's doing, right? I don't know if that, I don't know if those two um, party member elites, uh, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. because of their words, it doesn't seem like it's availing lower party members or people on the left to speak their own truth, right? Um, well, the, I think the way it works is that you know the mainstream media, who's in, in, in charge of disseminating information, are probably just going going to not talk about Tulsi Gabbard, and and they will never hear the whole speech from Tulsi, and so that's that. <laughs> okay, but the, but those that do, like if you were on the left for whatever reason, and you agreed with. I'd say 80, 90% of what, you know, what Tulsi Gabbard is saying here, right? If you were to say these things, you would, you would be faced with cancellation from the left, right? You, you're not allowed, as you said, you're not allowed to say these things without fear of repercussion and reprisal. And she's getting away with it, uh, partially because like foot's out the door, right? Like now that I'm out, I can say these things. But if I wanted to remain in the Democrat Party, uh, this would, would this entire spiel would have been completely off limits. Well, yeah, she can say it, but they're 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 not going. You know, the left isn't going to talk about it. Yeah, and the the only the only people that are going to hear it are people on the right. You okay. Know? So, uh, again, uh, LouRockwell.com is where I got it. Yeah. All right. La- last little paragraph of grievances here. Today's Democratic Party is undermining families. Families are the bedrock of civilization. Today's Democratic Party does not recognize this truth and the importance of the central foundational role that families play in our society and civilization. They want to strip away the rights of parents to raise their kids, claiming the government knows what's better for your children than you do. Uh, Former Democratic Governor Terry McAuliffe said last year that there is no role for parents in determining a school's curriculum, the largest teachers' union in the country, and one of the Democrat Party's biggest donors, uh, the National Education Association, recently passed a resolution that endorses the teaching of critical race theory in classrooms across the country. Public school districts are implementing policies that sexualize kids as young as five or six years old. Taxpayer dollars are used to bring in, dra- in drag strippers and encourage gender transition surgery in minors, all kept secret from their parents. 
Uh, HHS Secretary Rachel Levine says young children should be empowered to get gender affirmation treatment, which involves puberty blockers, chemical castration, and irreversible surgeries causing long-term harm to children. If parents do not comply, the federal government threatens to take away your children. Uh, families are the foundation of civilization and our society, and today's Democratic Party's policies are quickly eroding that foundation to the detriment of us all. I look forward to tackling each of these issues in more depth in the coming weeks. I believe in the government that is of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not Instead, it stands for government of, by, and for the powerful elite. Let's remember the ideals of our founders laid out for us, draw inspiration from their hopes for this country, and take action to actually bring about a government that is truly of, by, and for the people. So today I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party dialogues are taking our country, I invite you to join me. End of the article. So again, taken in total, right? Very liberty-minded. Uh, you know, there's, there's. I don't necessarily agree with anything. You know, the whole God stuff, democracy, yada yada yada. But I, I will excuse the rhetoric uh, in favor of you know the the opposition. And the you know the limelight that she is shining on some of these issues, uh, but where is she going to take them? Right, I invite you to leave and go where? <laughs> she doesn't even uh, know. I I I assume she's doing this for more publicity. I mean, I I think she has a good heart and she she wants to do the right thing, but. Um, to her, the right thing is gain more popularity, get the next seat, and do what she's got to do. Um, so anyway, um, good luck to her. I don't, I don't really care. Um, but there's one th- one thing you, you, you she talked about in, in the end of that, which is uh, puberty blockers. Yeah. And uh, so I can't say and, that on the left. <laughs> well. So they are giving these drugs to to kids, but there's there's actually not there's there's nothing called a puberty blocker. It's not an official medicine. It's not like you can go to a doctor and say, "Give me a puberty blocker," because it doesn't exist. Okay. Um, basically, there's drugs out there. Let's say, uh, you know, a cancer drug that that reduces your testosterone because you know the testosterone is causing the cancer to grow or something and you can use that off label to mess up your your hormones but it's not approved to stop puberty there's like there is no drug that has been tested to do that <laughs> right well and so, that was so, that was covered in the what is a woman documentary right well, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. Anyway, there, there's no such thing as a puberty blocker. What it is is drugs that mess up your hormones, and when you mess up your hor- hormones, you know, during puberty, um, you mess up a lot more things than just, uh, you know, uh, preventing puberty from happening. It's it's you're messing up your brain, you're messing up uh, your development, your your growth. Um, so anyway, it's it's really dangerous. And 
you know, you know, talk about free speech um, or, or limited speech. You shouldn't. You know, if there's one thing you should be shouldn't be able to say is is that kids are going on puberty blockers because uh, they're just harmful drugs. That's all they are. Okay. With okay, harmful drugs with the effect, right of of delaying puberty in some form or fashion, and the yeah, and the that, rhetoric. That's, that's that's one of the side effects. Yeah. Right, and the rhetoric from the normal left, right? Not not the Tulsi Gabbard left. Can you can you call her like you know? Are we going to come? <laughs> is there going to be like the the Tulsi Democrats now? Like, oh yeah, we're still um, on the left, but we like the Ron Paul Republicans, but it's completely different. Well, and that's you know, that's yeah. that's kind of why I didn't. I I don't think she should have left. You know, I think she should have okay. said. People in my party suck. They should go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and she never tried that. She, she, you know, she, she went straight to to leaving instead of staying in the party and saying, "No, I'm the head of the Democrat Party. This is what we stand for now." <laughs> and and I I would assume that's because she knew she couldn't take it over. Like the the uh, the old guard is still well, so entrenched that it's not going to move anytime soon. But that's that's kind of why I liked what Ron Paul did. You know, it's like obviously he's not going to take over the party. Yeah. Um, but he can get on the stage and say, "Look, uh, one of us doesn't fit. Which which one is interesting to to hear talk?" You yeah. Know? <laughs> and then and then he everybody listened to him because yeah. he was the only one saying anything different. <laughs> one one of these doesn't fit, and it's all these other ass clowns that should go. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I mean, we'll see. It was. Again, I don't, I don't vote, I don't participate in politics, um, but I am very much intrigued by the drama and the circus of politics. Sure. And so, this, this, you know, uh, I forget the word I'm trying to think of. This leave, Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democrat Party is a huge deal, I think. And you know, for for a lot of the reasons she listed, right? It's this is what the current Democrat Party stands for. It's not classical liberal, liberalism. It doesn't fit the mold, <laughs> right? It's it's not what she joined up for twenty years ago. And I would, you know, even twenty years ago, um, I wasn't there yet, but I was I was getting close, you know, at that time, um, towards the ideas of freedom and liberty and anarchism and whatnot. Um, but even 20 years ago was completely different and not not as off the rails right there was there was a, a glimmer of of rationality and sanity um and now there's not right that that last paragraph you know her the the the, the anti-trans the pro-family uh, the pro-woman's rights right that you know she's she's gonna get grouped up with the turfs the trans excluded trans exclusionary radical feminists right she, there she's going to catch that label you know and then what and, you know who cares but then what you know <laughs> what can you do so i'm i'm intrigued uh, if nothing else by by this defection um, and again was you know when it first happened was hopeful and optimistic uh, that maybe you know maybe the uh, a libertarian high enough on that totem pole like reached out an olive branch to say you don't belong with the with the Republicans either, uh, <laughs> and and f and for the libertarian party people right, 
you know, with with rhetoric like this, if you can get her to say this shit on stage, right, then I think you would have a contender um, to move the move the measuring stick back in third party politics, right? Yeah, I I I, you know, if she can keep the popularity going, uh, you know. Stay friends with Joe Rogan. Um, oh yeah, come on. Uh, whatever she has to do, basically, to because um, that—that's—that's that's all it is. Popularity yeah. contests. But Gary Johnson did nothing for the Libertarian Party. Bob Barr did well, nothing for the Libertarian Party. Gary Johnson, he had his one moment, and that's where he got, you know, an extra one percent of the country to to. Okay. To vote for him, so he, he had you know two percent or something like that. Yeah, but he was supposed to be bigger than that. Like there were there were higher expectations. Sure, sure, but yeah. but still, like uh, you know, popularity contests, him versus Hillary Clinton. It's like obviously no. Okay. Um, him versus Trump, no. It's like okay, you get you got it, you got to you, you get go way way more. Uh, uh, Tulsi no. Gabbard versus Joe Biden versus Trump in a three-way dance. Like that's what yeah, I'm she's, looking. She's no, she's still not popular enough. Not popular enough to win, but can sure. she can she move the needle enough to give libertarians the platform that they've been lacking for forty plus years? Right, libertarians uh, have I, been begging to get on the main stage, and they can't pull the fifteen percent necessary to do so. Um, well, they would lie about the numbers anyway. So no, okay. it, the, the, see, that that stage is all rigged anyway. What? Yeah, what I that's would, why there's no third party on the stage. What What I would like is for whoever runs next, let's say it's Trump or uh, uh, DeSantis, to say, uh, you know, um, I'm the front runner, and I'm not going to that debate because it's rigged. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the best thing that could happen is for there not to be the stage because it it is rigged and it's stupid. Yeah, and I the you know it, that that brings up the thought of Trump telling his supporters, you know, to boycott elections until they till they unrig the system, and all that means is you're going to lose in larger numbers. Well, or or um, it, just pointing out. The, the 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 system being rigged and so then you unrig it you know it's yeah but the people uh, who are rigging it are winning and then they're going to win by bigger margins right they're not uh, going to unrig maybe. the system that's giving them large victory numbers there's no incentive no there. i mean you 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 basically call on and that's what that one of the big things the republican party is doing is is trying to uh undo some of the rigging you know okay yeah. Um, and they, they are, you know, training people to be poll watchers and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how effective it, it'll be, but um, you know, it's it's something that they care about. So okay, well, we shall see then. Final thoughts? Um, nope. All right, thank you for running through that one with me because that was that was again a big deal this week. <laughs> That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com on Telegram t.me slash anarchist experience or t.me slash the anarchist experience and if you would like to contribute to this show financially 
You can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.